to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm your host, Talia, aka your dating app partner in crime. If you're new to the show, welcome. On Dating Intentionally, I'm helping you create meaningful connections in a way that truly aligns with your goals and values while having a great time. Dating can be fun. Don't believe me? Keep listening. If any episode proves it, it's this one. I'm very new to podcasting and always love your feedback, so if you have thoughts on this episode or any episode you listen to, slide on into my DMs on Instagram at dating.intentionally. I'd love to hear your feedback, and I'd love it if you share this episode with someone who's navigating dating and might need a little confidence boost or some tough love. In this episode, I'm sharing another interview that I can't wait to get into. We're going to call this series of interviews Get Intimate because the goal is to learn more about dating from different perspectives on a deeper level, which is something you should be doing on your dates anyway. So we're going to get intimate with Yolanda Russell of The Conscious Ho, and you will learn all about what that means in this interview. I connected with Yolanda on Instagram back in January, and she really inspires me. In this episode, Yolanda talks all about what it's like to date casually as a Black woman in Austin in her late 30s after calling off an engagement with someone she was with for six years. Wow. We talk about what casual dating means for her, how to build self-confidence, and so much more. And at the end of the interview, Yolanda revealed a super unexpected hobby and date idea that I would love to try, and I think you'd get a kick out of it too. I love Yolanda's outlook on dating, and her insight is gold. At the end of this episode, I'm going to share an update on my current relationship, so let's get right into it. So where are you based right now? Where in the world are you? I am currently in the great state or city, well, city and state of Austin, Texas. I've been here for the last six years, but I am an East Coast girl through and through, originally from Maryland. Awesome. Same. Well, I'm from the East Coast as well. Very cool. And just... To get us into it, I would love to get our listeners familiar with you, with The Conscious Ho, but also you as just out there, out on these streets dating. So let's start with The Conscious Ho. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So The Conscious Ho is a unique play on words. I actually had to delete a comment today because someone was like, oh, so you're teaching women how to be hoes and using an acronym to just, you know, people on the internet are crazy and they'll say whatever they want to say and- I just block and delete. But block, the and conscious, delete. block and delete. <laughs> the conscious hoe really stemmed from my own personal journey after pivoting out of a six-year relationship. I was engaged to a man that was 14 years older than me. We had a good relationship, but I had a desire for great. And in that period did I go through this, whoa, dating is this wild place. It had been at least a good I don't know, 10 years or something crazy since I had been on apps and stuff. So just getting back into that groove and I would go out and I would just, I was living my life and essentially having quote that hoe phase. But I used to joke with my friends of, but I'm aware that there are certain things that I want in a relationship. I know that I'm not ready for it, but I'm going to have so much fun in the process. And so the aware hoe transformed into the conscious hoe, which is a woman that is honing and owning her empowerment. And essentially you can be single, you can be married, partnered, whatever. Anyone can be a conscious hoe, but I do talk a lot about dating. And the second I saw 
the conscious hoe. I didn't know the acronym, but I was, I immediately clicked for me. I was like, yes, like I need to talk to this person. I love it. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, that's so great. I mean, we'll just say up top, Yolanda has a podcast, you have a podcast, you can go check it out. The conscious hoe anywhere else people can find you. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out as underscore Yolanda Russell. And then I'm on TikTok, which has been this place where I am almost kicking myself because when I became single and I got on dating apps, I really started to share that journey, but only on my close friends because it just felt very personal and private. But I was having all these experiences and wanted to share it. I am naturally a sharer, probably an overshare in a way, Same. but I Same. do think it's helpful. <laughs> Uh, and so whenever I would see my friends, IRL, they would say, Yolanda, these stories, these experiences are so amazing. And I wish I had been showcasing them on TikTok in a way, because I think it could be much bigger, but we're here. It's all that matters. <laughs> we're all out here trying on social media. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh great. my gosh. Okay. Thank you for that. Also then what about you personally in your dating life right now? Give us a snapshot. Are you on the apps? What are, what's going on? Give I us a tea. Oh, I have so much tea. So I'm on the apps. Funny enough, I just downloaded today Match. And it was giving me all of these. So Match is where I've met my ex-fiance years okay. and years ago. Wait, how, in, sorry, how old are you just for context? 38. I'll be 39 okay. this year. Yeah. Wow, I don't okay. look it though. Your listeners you, won't see you, it, but I don't look it. <laughs> uh, well, they should go follow you. Also, yes, uh, you absolutely do not look 38 or 9. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we met on Match back in 2015. And so today I was just curious because I've been using the big, what I would say the big three for someone that's my age, we're going out. Tender is the little where I will post, you know, all my thirst traps, whatever. And then I'm on Bumble, but as I've been evolving and coming more into my own power and confidence around men, I don't love Bumble. And if you want to, we can go into why. Yeah, I we should definitely get into that. Yeah. I don't love Bumble because I have a desire to be pursued. And when you are, to me personally, a man that is, you know, making his intention, but I have to reach out first. To me, that's just not how I want to be courted. Call me old fashioned, call me traditional or being in these weird gender roles, whatever that might be. I don't even know if that's PC to say, but I want a man that knows what he wants. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impatient. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Like I love pursuing. I love the, I love chasing. <laughs> oh, you love chasing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, I don't mind doing it, but I do believe that on Bumble, there's a certain kind of man that's on Bumble in a way, potentially. It, I, and it might yeah, be that man that enjoys being chased. Okay. Fair enough. And then what about hinge? Cause you mentioned the big three. So I assume hinge is a third. Yeah. Hinge being the third hinge is interesting. When I first got on the apps, Hinge was the first one that I entertained and met some men on there. And I believe that people have this stereotype that Hinge is more for the man that wants to be married, is looking for something very serious. And that is not the case, ladies or gentlemen, whomever might be listening to this, because I'm also on another app, which is actually my favorite app that most people don't know about. If you're open-minded, go download it, explore it. If you're curious, download it, explore it. And that is Field, F-E-E-L-D. And so, yeah, it's geared towards people that are in ethical, non-monogamous type of relationships. 
And I had a friend, he was kind of like, you've never slept with a woman. I'm not bisexual. I'm not bi-curious, anything like that. But he said, you should get on this app and just see. You can set your preferences for only men, whatever. And when I got on there, I was like, wow, this is where all the hot men are hiding that have desires for maybe threesomes, different kind of partner experiences. But then I was like, but they also will date me. And my best dates have come from field for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Feels when it's the right, like mix on your, depending on what you're looking for, it is so great. I feel like I downloaded field a little bit too late in my single Mm. conscious hoe or whatever phase, (laughs) which I can say I'm still a conscious hoe. Yes. But I, I used field with my ex and we had a great time. You know, we were on there trying, like just meeting other couples. We made friends with them or more. It was Mm -hmm. great. Um, I'm by, I definitely dabbled in field, but like not too much because my ex was also local and it was like a little weird. Just like Uh thinking we could be tapping into the same pool of women was Mm -hmm. a little weird to me. Um, yeah, so I stopped, but love feel too. And I'm really glad to hear that you're finding success with that. And like that app like fits you, but what about match? How's your mat, your experience with match been? So on match, I downloaded it literally today. I was walking my dog. I'm like, let me just go back to the roots of where I started, what I know. <laughs> and I, the subscriptions for match are really pricey. It is $45 for one month. And I'm like, why is it so expensive? Tenders, $25, whatever. And I'm very curious who's liking me, who's interacting, who's sending messages. So I downloaded it and immediately, or subscribed to the subscription and immediately have regrets. The men on there look, they're not attractive. I haven't seen one attractive man on there yet. And I'm like, oh no. That's a bummer. And that's really interesting because, you know, I will ask you if, if you, you know, yeah, let me just ask you, yeah. do you think it's worth it to pay for the apps as someone who has done both? I believe it depends on what you want on Bumble as a woman. I don't think that we need to pay for that because again, we're the ones that are essentially pursuing. So you can swipe. That's your opportunity to be very blunt and honest about what it is that you want. Hinge so that you can see all your matches go back. I paid for Hinge. I, yeah, I have I paid liked for it. Hinge. I'm yeah. no longer paying for Hinge though, because if I accidentally swipe on someone and I want to go back, then I'll pay for it. But I haven't been paying for it. And let me let you all in on a little tea that I think that these apps do to us. When you have a subscription to any of them and they expire, and I always notice this on Hinge, when my subscription has expired, for whatever reason, it will literally push 35, 40 people that now I can no longer see that have quote liked me. And I believe it's a way to entice you to come back. So it it kind of looks like a flood of incoming likes that you can't see. Exactly. And depending on, you know, how much self-validation you may need in a day, you might, you might be like, okay, here's my $35 or whatever it is. Thanks for calling (laughs) out the fact that some app usage is for self-validation and I definitely use the apps for validation like it is so common so anyone out there who's doing that right now please know it's normal it's okay just you know admit it to yourself yeah Yeah. admit it that is a conscious hoe a woman honing and owning her empowerment you own whatever it is so again in my quote actual hoe phase that I was having I was owning I'm going out to the bars I'm drinking three margaritas too many and probably making some decisions that hey, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I had to own that. And I believe that as women, we can shame ourselves and on top of society shaming us for it. And it just is so empowering when you are like, 
yeah, that's me. And I did it and I owned it and I'll do it again yeah. if I want. And it doesn't define you either. Like exactly. You can evolve and change and yeah, you could do something different the next time you go out. It doesn't. Yeah. It's like Absolutely. lower the stakes. Just Absolutely. The okay. So just in general for the listeners, what are you looking for when you're swiping on field match hinge, all those? Yeah. What am I looking for? So I believe just like you said, Talia, this is one of those things that it can change day to day, week to week. Some days I wake up and it feels being single is the best thing. And then other days I wake up and I might look on an app and I say to myself, I really had a good enough thing. And that's just where we, you know, have to play with the thoughts that we're thinking about, but where am I currently? I don't this hour. Like, yeah, this, <laughs> this hour. 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> where is yours, Yolanda? Well, wait, where are you? Because it's five for me right oh, now. Oh, I'm in Seattle. So it's three. Okay, 5 okay. p.m. on a Sunday. It's very different. There's a huge difference between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. on a Sunday. Let's be real. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially a Sunday after, you know, you're kind of having like the Sunday scaries because you partied a little too hard last night. <laughs> but where I am currently, And where I honestly think I will always be is open and available for deep, consistent connection. And be that that it looks like one person, be it that that might look like for me, two people or three people. I'm not quite sure. I've never dabbled into this whole multi-relationships, polyamory thing, or even just the open monogamy part of it. And where I am in the work that I've done on myself personally, I don't want to have children. I sometimes think about maybe I'm going to wake up and be 40 and want to have one. And I'll just figure that out when, if that comes. I love that attitude. I love that attitude. Like why put more pressure on yourself? Like right now you are hard leaning on not, but yeah, you could change your mind and it could go the other way. Like I do want kids, but next year, maybe I might change your mind. And who knows, it could be one of those things that I legitimately meet some man in the next few weeks or two. We just don't know. And I believe that when you detach from that, what I like to call high vibes, low fucks. And essentially what that means is having a high vibration in everything that you're doing, dating intentionally. So that high vibration is on, I'm looking for someone that is compassionate, wants to change the world alongside of me, you know, wants people to be better as they're doing their own work. That's the high vibration. That's where I'm coming from on any of the swipes that I make. But then I have a low level of fucks to that. There's no attachment to if I swipe on this man and we meet for a date or two and he doesn't live up to not even expectation, but a standard that I might have. Oh, oops. Okay, great. Next. That's it. I love that. That is, I I think everyone should just go and play that back and listen to that again. (laughs) High vibes, low fucks. Totally agree. It'll make dating more fun. That's what we're trying to do out here, right? Just it's, it's way more fun when you give less fucks. If you are not having fun on your dates, you need to maybe take a little break and reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah. Because if you're sitting across from someone on a coffee date, And the whole pressure is, I can't wait to get to the second date. I can't wait to walk down the aisle. I can't wait to have a baby. You're going too far ahead of yourself and you're not being present in a beautiful moment that you actually have to share with another human. That that one moment is all that you're ever going to have. And it's never going to be the same with that person ever again. And that's 
Well, we it's also the opposite too. where it's like, you're sitting across from someone, you're not having a great time, but you're in your head. It's like, well, is it ever going to get better than this? I don't know. I should probably stick it out. I feel like that happens a lot too, mm. uh, where people have the sun fallacy, sun cost fallacy of like, well, I've been on three dates. Might as well just have one more and maybe it'll, then it'll click. And no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I do preach a whole, like, give it a second date if you are neutral. Okay. You know, because first dates can be a performance. They can be, there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of anxiety. High energy can like definitely throw the vibe off. And then the second date, there's a little more groundedness and okay. Like you've gotten past that. You've broken the ice, you know? Yeah. But then yes, I think if you are still not feeling it after three or four dates and you're not having fun, not looking forward to it, like, please. Yeah. I am a chronic first dater and <laughs> because I'm very much energetically inclined to people so yes I need a man to be attractive to a point but I need to be able to be in a man's energy that can hold my energy because it's a lot and I know when I find it because it's so unique for me that someone's like they can just go and right now there's a there is a guy that I've met on Bumble and we probably have hung out like eight or nine times but that's because his energy is very much from the very start, we were just, we're not going to yeah. date. He's 31. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is a good segue because I do want to ask you, like you are coming onto the apps kind of, you're not look. it doesn't sound like you're looking for the tr- traditional relationship model right now. Like you're not, you came out of this long thing. You, you broke off an engagement. This is all the stuff that you're still healing from and you're enjoying where you are at now. Mm-hmm. So of course, everyone, the apps is looking for something different. Mm-hmm. How do you, and when do you communicate all of this? Like kind of like this less defined, but kind of fun, casual vibe that you want and have, how does that all play out on the apps? I am very direct. So in your sense where you like being pursued, I believe that we're probably very similar of like, I know I like pursuing. So I'm, I'm more like, I'm more get to the chase. Yeah. I I will reach out first. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Go go on. So where I was going with that, I, I misspoke. So where we're probably both very similar is that because you like to pursue, it's this directness. So I am very direct. I like to find out certain things about people right away. And what are those things? Things like, what are you doing on the apps? When is your last relationship? Because if a man is coming out of a five-year relationship, this is my Bumble buddy. He's coming out of a five-year relationship. I pretty much put him in a pile of, this is kind of what I teach. I have a play pile of men and then I have serious potential of men. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. I love the, the the idea of piles. Like I have, I had my date tracker, you have piles. I love it. <laughs> you know, some men are going to go into a bucket of, hey, they are just so much fun. We're going to have a great time together. I understand what they're looking for is probably nothing serious, but we can have this enjoyment together. And that's where too, I believe we go wrong, where we're, people are telling us what it is that they want. And we're like, oh, but with me, it's going to be different. And I don't have that opinion. I'm very much, well, this man has told me X, Y, Z, and that's what I'm going to believe until his actions, the experiences show me and prove to me in a way that it's going to be different. A hundred percent. I just want to pause for a second and just focus on the whole, like when you run into someone who just got out of a relationship on the apps, the longer you stay on the apps, the more this will happen to you because you've been kind of out there and you're getting all the fresh meat like coming your way. And I'm glad you said that because I did have that experience too, where most people I met who just got out of relationships, they acted like a boyfriend because that was their default. 
Mm. And at first it kind of struck me. I was like, oh, this seems great. They're having, it's like, it's boyfriend energy. It's like their commitment oriented, but it's like, no, that's just what they're used to. Mm. And I realized that they're not usually at that point, my dating journey, when I was ready, like over a year being single, I was ready. And I was like, no, that's not going to be for me. They need to have their own journey of being single first. You absolutely have to go through that. And again, as someone that's been in a long-term relationship, I get it. And to me, it's honoring this person, the the opportunity. Hey, I see where you are right now. I've been there. It's cool. I'm not expecting you to be my husband tomorrow. If we hang out and it's four, five, six months and it just naturally evolves that way, sure. But everyone needs their quote, ho phase. I'm very aware of it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so what's the other pile? You have a play pile. What's the other pile? Play pile is the man that... You enjoy hanging out with, spending time with, and also you can envision yourself growing with. And again, not for it to be this pressure thing, but just, wow, we have a lot of commonalities. We're on the same page. They make me tick. I can see how they can also be a conduit potentially for my growth. That pile over here is always really freaking low. It it is always (laughs) low. And, And part of that's probably too because of where I am. Okay. And the dating experience, you know, what, Can what you I'm saying more for. about that. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I think that it's because I don't know that I'm looking for something so serious right now. I believe that I can have connections with people and it can be consistent and it can be a long-term thing. And it doesn't have to look like wedding bells for me. Okay. So scenario, I'm sure you, maybe you've had a scenario like this, like you, you start out, out, it's like a month you're seeing someone on and off. It's really fun. They are energizing you and they could, they have a container for your energy. And then they're like, Oh wait, you know what? I really see something serious with this person. And then you're kind of where you're at now. How do you handle it when they're kind of, you know, they're pushing things forward or they explicitly say they want to move forward and you are you (laughs) and you're not sure. So that's actually never happened. (laughs) Are you serious? So then, okay, then how it's so interesting because I just feel like people get caught in each other's webs, not like Mm. trying to be, I'm not like saying what you're doing is negative or like a web, but you know what I mean? Like everyone's coming in with their own agenda, even if like we are, that's what dating is. We're all looking for something specific. So what happens when, yeah, you meet someone and you hit it off, but your things, your agendas or what you want don't align. I think that this might have to do with where you're located. Really? Austin is the men in Austin are known for quote, Peter Pan syndrome. Have you ever heard of this? Yes. Wait, explain what it is, just in case. (laughs) The way that I understand it is it's men that never want to grow up, never want to settle down, always want to be like playing. So my joke is that there's a huge dating pool in Austin and also the pool is full of pee. So, (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know, that's something too. I think that my man that is here in Austin, potentially, that's going to be in that pile of oh, I see this going further, I'm probably not going to meet him on a dating app because I think that that caliber of man that I'm actually looking for isn't swiping on apps. He's going to self-development events. He's spending his weekends very differently than my 32-year-olds, which I love to play with, (laughs) that are going out getting trashed at the bar every Friday, Saturday, or every time that we're hanging out, are we drinking to oblivion? It is different. So I'm very aware of that. But I, I'm really trying to think if there's ever been a man that's 
I will say typically the ones that are super into me, I'm never that into them. Okay. That's also a very common situation. Why do you think that is? Okay. So also it does make sense just like to wrap up your answer on that. Like one, you're aware of the fact that like, who's looking for the people who are looking for something serious are probably going to either be passing on your profile for some reason, or not even on the same app as you or in the same locations as you. And that's Mm -hmm. a really, really good point for listeners. Like if you're looking for something specific, think about where those people might be. Or, and also think about how you can repel people you don't want. Yeah. Oh, I believe your, your bio should be polarizing as hell. My bios literally say no kids, never married. I don't want a man that has children. Very open. And, and a lot of men will swipe and they'll say, oh, but I have kids. And my therapist is like, well, Yolanda, you should be a little more open-minded, but I have (laughs) gone, my ex had kids. And so there's probably some PTSD there from that, but I have tried to give men with children the opportunity and it just is different it's very different to date a man with kids and that's just not a space that i'm in so make your make your bio polarizing if you're dating with the intention of wanting to be married throw it out there what's the worst someone's gonna swipe and say oh my gosh that's too much too soon but if that's your intention be upfront about it who cares I totally agree. I think that's a great point. Like, I also, it's funny that you disagree with your therapist. <laughs> she, she made me literally list out a whole pro and cons of dating a man with children. And actually there were more pros because a 37 year old man that's never been married, never had kids is very set in his ways as I am set in my own ways. And I had this experience with this man that we might've been one that would have really been in that growth pile. This is someone I, you were dating recently? Yeah, and he okay. went on a nomadic experience. And oh, yeah, you was, told me about this guy, right? Okay, I remember. Yeah. yeah, and so he sent back. This is like a long story, but I he definitely was someone that was in a pile of more like growth oriented. But I also knew that he wasn't necessarily my person. But it probably was the closest to someone in a year of dating that I'm like, I could see this progressing in a way, though it wouldn't be forever. Interesting. And I think it's so, it's cool that you like know that. I think a lot, it's really hard in dating to be aware enough to know where something could go if you keep going. I think people always like have an an idea of where they want it to go, but they're not really looking at the reality Mm -hmm. of what's happening. (laughs) That's it. We have to kind of almost stop trying to distort the reality when the reality is if a man is only calling you at certain hours, if he's only hitting you up when it's convenient friend, bestie, that's what I call everyone, bestie, he literally is showing you his true colors and that's okay. And you also get to choose if you're available for that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be. There are a lot of people out there. Okay. I have a couple, I have a couple other questions. I want to talk about, I want to talk about two things. One dating in Austin specifically. I think it's really interesting to get the vibe of like different cities because like Seattle has its own very specific vibe. And I dated a little in New York city, but that was when I was in my early twenties. Like I have no idea what it would be like now in my thirties. I want to hear a little bit from you about like empowerment and confidence about, and I want to hear about any time that you, like, how did you transition to that? Were you always like that? You know, anything like that? Because I think listeners definitely struggle and myself too, like have struggled with finding that confidence and feeling empowered because there are so many elements and things in our world telling us not to feel that way and why we can't. So let's, let's start with that. And we'll get to Austin later. (laughs) Okay. 
So on the confidence piece, I feel as though confidence is not natural. So okay. I believe that some people maybe have a little more of a confidence gene, but I believe that confidence is like a muscle and you can exercise it and you can strengthen it. And so the formula for confidence, A plus B equals C, action plus belief equals confidence. So you believing in yourself and it's not about being something that you're not. That's really important. We never want to betray anything to anyone that we're not. I don't go on dates and be the interview version of myself. I go on dates and I'm Yolanda. And as soon as I allowed myself that permission to go be myself, it doesn't matter if this man ghosts me, doesn't talk to me ever again. I know who I am. And as soon as I start doing that, all that first date anxiety stuff gone because I have no attachment low fucks, right? Low fucks. So yeah, the more, the more that you believe in yourself and that takes work. And that's what I work with women on essentially is their confidence because everyone wants to date or attract this certain kind of man. But the reality is your life is built on the foundation of the relationship that you have with yourself. And I'm so, so, so like that is my message. But then the action behind it is how does your most confident self walk in the mornings. And this is a conversation I have with myself all the time, because when you really start to separate yourself and your ego, and you become the observer of your life versus it's just on autopilot. And this is what I do in the mornings when I'm not in my most confident self. And again, this waxes and wanes confidence can, right? When I'm not my most confident self, I'm not looking at the people I'm crossing the street. I'm not saying hi, I'm not acknowledging them. My head's down. I'm in my phone. Whereas the action becomes when I walk out of my door, quick note, Yolanda, how does your confident self show up on this date? Oh, she doesn't walk into the restaurant on her phone. Her shoulders are back, her head's up, and she is got a smile on, so excited to meet this man who is just that. That is all that the situation is. We're just meeting a human. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love this. I love I love this like little check-in you have with yourself. It's that's very like practical and tangible that I think a lot of listeners can do. And I was going to ask you, you know, is there anything else? Like if you're starting small, what other are other little things you can do throughout your day before a date or just like in general to step into that? Stepping into that. So something that I learned in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, I don't know how familiar you are, but it's okay. So it's about- (laughs) anchoring feelings into your body with certain actions. So let's say at the end of the day, especially from working from home, how do you anchor in that you're finished with work? And that might be closing your laptop. So now every time you close your laptop on a Friday evening, hey, you don't open it, work's done, out of your mind. Because again, it's that action of anchoring it into your body that it's that I'm done. So it's like a ritual. A ritual, yeah. And so with dating or going out on dates, anchor in your song that makes you feel like a badass. I love that. If you're not having a freaking dance party before you're going on a date or, you know, in the Uber with your AirPods in, listening to that song that just gets you hyped, do that. Why are we not doing that? When you say that, it just reminds me I did that naturally. Just that is so like if you're not having a little mini dance party, getting ready party before your date with yourself, try it. Even just try it before you go out next time, just before you leave the house. It doesn't have to be for a date. Uh, It is so, it feels so good. 
Yes. So good. And then you're just, even if you're in a like kind of shitty mood or, you know, sometimes we have those dates where it's like, oh, do I really want to go do this? And it's, we've made a commitment to someone. I do believe in honoring your energy. If your energy is really low, people are going to feel that. Same thing goes with when we're having sexual encounters with people. If your energy is off, please stop sleeping with these men. If their energy is off, please do not sleep with them yeah, because right. it is an exchange. And it's not going to make it better. It, it's not going to make it better. No. And oftentimes I've actually talked to men. They can tell when we're not into it. So you can tell when they're not into it, like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't believe in faking anything till you make it. I believe in showing up in being. And that's what we really have to practice in. That's where, you know, action and believing comes into building confidence. So that's so helpful. And I, th- I think another barrier to confidence building is facing rejection and dating and, or like when you really like, when you meet someone you really like, and you're just, you are hopeful that the mm. feelings are mutual, which is natural, normal, like not something to avoid, but not something to like take over your life either. Uh, how can we face these and be more confident like when it's like a rejection moment or like a yearning moment? I have one other thing I want to add to oh, yeah. first date confidence. Have a dating uniform. Have a go-to outfit that you love, you know looks great. For me, it's it's usually a crop top and pants, certain kind of look. And I know that I feel good, I look good, and I'm my most confident self. And that takes off a lot of that anxiety or pressure we feel when we're going on a date because it's, hey, that's one less thing I have to worry about. Fully agree. I used to do the same. I loved that I could repeat the same outfit every time. Who knows? Just don't put that outfit on your profiles, ladies. Yeah, very true. So yeah. So what was your question? Sorry. Oh yeah. So about rejection. If they send you a text like, hey, I'm not you know, feeling it or if... uh, they ghost you or, you know, just also in dating, there's just the repeated ghosting and, you know, it's hard to feel confident, uh, in these moments. So what would you say to that? Yeah. So one thing that I believe is you taking ownership, being a hoe, what can you own? And that is that you can always own your own actions. You don't have any say over this other person's actions. So in the ghosting stuff, you can use your words with a man. And because I believe that women ghost too, it's not just men. We, we all are ghost. guilty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all are guilty as shit of this. And so what I started to do was just kept a commitment to myself that if I'm not into a man on a date, I'm going to express that to him the next day in a voice note, not a text oh, message. Okay. In a voice note, because it was the pact that I made with myself of getting uncomfortable and being a better communicative human, which so many of us are missing in dating in our relationships. Okay. That's so inspiring. I wish I could go back and send voice notes instead of sex. (laughs) That's amazing. And I hope people listening will try that. Uh, That's really, yeah. I think receiving a voice note is probably better. Like on the receiving end, it's a little better than a text too, for sure. Because they can still hear your smile. They can hear your inflection. They can hear your genuineness. And again, I started doing that out of a discomfort for myself. Like, because it made me so uncomfortable to be open and honest with someone that I just committed. If I go on a first date and I'm not feeling it, I will let this man know. Also, they know you didn't copy paste it. And it wasn't copy pasted. (laughs) Although you could, you could. You could reuse the same. You could save the voice note, but you know, It's really important too, in just communication, using people's names, not just saying, hey, addressing them by their name several times. One, that helps me commit to my memory. But two, I believe that people aren't used to hearing their names. 
Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate these tips a lot. And I, oh yeah. I want to go back to, we were talking about the whole, how I like to pursue, you like to be pursued. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy speaking about dating with people that we, we don't see, we don't have, we're not on the same page about some things or we don't okay. agree. So I think it's really fun to get into. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit more about like what it does for you, what you're looking for and why it's important? So for me, I've been working with this with my therapist of, do I have daddy issues because I grew up in a single parent home? I don't have a relationship with my father. So there's a lot of how I believe a man is supposed to carry himself in a way. But what that's ultimately done for me in my life of seeing a single mom working so hard, I live very hardcore in my masculine energy. And we have to have that balance of feminine and masculine. But because I'm so in my masculine, I've had to get myself to a point where can I give myself the opportunity to fall into my feminine energy? And I mean, Talia, it's as small as allowing a man to open a door. I had to learn how to stop and to receive. And so instead of like giving, 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 trying to make someone like you when the more that you give does not equate to the more someone's going to like no, you. No, you don't earn it that way. You don't, it's not exactly. a transaction. Yeah, no. exactly. So for me, a man pursuing me in a way of, Hey, I would love to take you out. If I connect with a man and he doesn't ask, I'm not going to ask him because again, this is my opportunity to fall into more feminine energy and to be in that space of flow versus a, a space that feels forced to me personally. No, totally. And I guess my question is, do you, if you don't, if you're not asking, which I totally get, and I, I do see the whole like openness and feminine and receiving in this part of it. And I think that is really interesting and valuable, but do you do the work of letting them know that you are interested somehow? Obviously you like, you're a very magnetic person. I'm sure like if I was a guy talking to you, I would, and I, I, as self-aware as I am, or as just as aware as I am, I'd probably know if you were interested in me or not, but like, what do you do? Cause some people get shy or like, they're just not sure. And they don't want to, that's scary. It's intimidating to ask someone out no matter what gender you are. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I also feel though that my energy is very inviting when I'm in conversations with men. And I sometimes will say things like, Again, I won't ask, but I'll say things like, you know, I don't really do a lot of small talk and I'm probably one of the few women that don't want to chat with you for two weeks to quote, get to know you through text. I'd much rather meet up. I'm not really asking. I'm just telling him that this oh. is energy. That's okay. I love that. I, I used to do that on the app. So like, like a guy would ask me a question and I just, if I was over it, I'd be like, I'm happy to talk more about that in person. So yep. It wasn't me asking them out, but it was like, okay, if you're, if you want to meet, like, just ask me out already, please. Absolutely. (laughs) But like, I'm a little more impatient about it. (laughs) I definitely give a vibe of like, so uh, are you going to take a shit or get off the pot? Yeah, I should have got off the pot. That's literally what I was thinking. Um, But yeah, for me, it's just been a practice of allowance and that's something that I've come into. And so dating is this very easy way, I guess, of me being in my feminine energy and just practicing how to soften myself and come out of that masculine protecting myself energy all the time. Okay. So how does this carry through after the, your dates? What, cause another common scenario that comes up a lot is after a date or two, uh, the guy is less responsive or not asking for a second date or third date. And so they're not following through on their pursuing and you, but you're interested. So how do you play that? 
Yeah, I think, again, I'm not going to ask them. It's a simple text message like, hey, I had a really great time. I'm just checking in to see where you were with that. Okay. Okay. So you start the conversation, but you're going to let them communicate where they're at, which is the whole point. (laughs) I'll also be very honest that I believe you should be dating multiple men all the time. If you're not exclusive with someone. So my whole thing is if we're crying over one man texting us, get on the app and go find another one. Agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm very much, and this might not be the right way. Again, we talk about, you have to find the way that works for you, but if a man is not showing me a genuine interest in a way that I would like him to, fine. That's okay. He's just showing me what he is. It's not my job to inform a man of how he should behave. It is my job to have a certain boundary, though, with myself of if a man is doing X, not texting me, not being responsive, X, Y, Z, then the the boundary that I have with myself is I value communication. This man is showing me that he's not going to be the type of person in a relationship that is going to communicate in a way that I desire. He's already showing me his colors. I'm not altering the reality of it. Yes. And that's why I always say, let people show you who they are and Mm -hmm. don't, this is why I really think it's so important that people do not make requests to have their needs met in early stage dating. It just doesn't make sense. There's no foundation. Instead, you're going to find someone who kind of naturally does it, which I'm not saying your person should just know what you want, but you can find someone who just is more compatible with what you need and kind of just naturally does it. You can stop trying to build these men. Spend time with the men that are doing the work and building themselves up. And I believe as women, especially some of us are very nurturing, very healing. I used to be a nurse. We're always trying to see, we might see deeper into this person of, oh my gosh, I see so much goodness in this person. Instead of seeing them for the face value of what they're presenting. And then that's where like the rose colored glasses, it gets to be an issue. And now you're three, four months in a situationship when sister friend he was showing you from the beginning that yeah. he wasn't going to communicate with you. Right. That's why I always say don't don't date someone for their potential. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you got to take them as they are right now. Yeah. As, as they if they'll right never now. change. As if they'll, yeah. Even though they probably will, but just pretend for a That's, second, they'll never change. Yeah. We don't know because we live in the present of this is what this person is right now. And that's, yeah. it is what it is. And so maybe they're play pile people. I'm glad we talked about the whole pursuing thing because it does sound like we are more aligned than I thought. Like I definitely would step back to let, to give space, to let the other person show me who they are. I wasn't just like, okay, what's next? Let's go next date. Let's go, you know, uh, or like, you know, I want you. So let's go. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily my energy, but I, I have the saying of like, get to the no faster. So if like there was someone who was on and off texting me or wasn't super consistent, I would then step in and be like, so when are we meeting up again? So that I could get to the no faster instead of just assuming or guessing or like letting it taper off. I just want to, I want the solid yes or no, you know? And so I, I think, yeah, that, yeah. And one way that we can do this too, again, owning, owning what we value. And for me, again, communication is a huge value. So I have no problem telling a man, hey, I'm very open and communicative. I want us to be able to talk about anything, whether that's good or bad, follow up. And and mm-hmm. you can ask a man like, yeah, follow up with me tomorrow and let's 
let's go home. Let's sleep on it. I've literally joked about this when I know that I don't necessarily want a second date with somebody. And I'll just say, oh, we should both go home and sleep on it. And we'll check back in tomorrow. Dude. Yes. I always said at the end of the date, if a guy started to try to plan the, the second day on the first day, I always said, let's sleep on it. It's playful. It's no pressure. And it's also logical. You know, like the, no one's ever been like, what? Yeah. It's totally fine to say that. Yeah. I've been on a lot of first dates. I didn't do my dating wrapped, but when I, it was <laughs> easily over 50 first dates Love last it. year. And I believe too, that I don't have expectations. I actually tattooed this, no rules, no expectations. That's how I started carrying my whole journey in this newly single phase. And you know, if they don't, if we don't talk again, we just don't talk again. Some of these men, you you won't talk to them. They'll kind of like blow back in. And that's when you know that they're probably with someone else. And, and again, there'll be men last night. I was a little drunk and there's a guy that I, we really hit it off. He was a play pile friend, but he, he didn't even have enough respect for me to be in my play pile. So he got cut off. And yesterday he reacted got dumped to- from the pile. He got tossed yeah. to the the, the reject pile. Yeah. yeah. And he, but I think about him all the time. Well, no, not even all the time. He will pop up on my mind. And this is something as women, we probably need to be careful with, be careful with the men that you think about, like the ones that randomly jump into your mind, because for me, whenever that happens, they show up, they will oh come God. back. So oh, no. last night I go out, I'm drinking. And, and when I was in my Uber, I just had this thought about this man and we had not talked. I went back. We had not had a conversation since August of last year. And he reacted to one of my IG stories. And it was like this easy segue of like, ha 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 is what I said to him. And I just said, oh, we haven't talked in 17 years, but I, I'll let you know that you still are unmatched five-star Yelp review for your cuddle skills. <laughs> Yeah. And it opened up and it was like three o'clock in the morning. So he was wasted too. And I, and I just asked the question, I'm like, are you single? You know, I think you can ask these questions of men when they kind of come back. And his answer was, it's becoming more unclear every day. And I just said, oh, this is so typical of you. I would be so turned off by that. But again, I see him for who he is and right. that's who he is. And it's nothing more than that. And so it was just, it was just right. fun. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of guys and going out, tell me more about the Austin dating scene. How would you sum it up for listeners? Yeah. So I think it's interesting. So for those of you guys that are on black, hopefully you've uh, come over to my Instagram and we're going to be besties over there. But my preference is I date outside of my race and men here. So Austin is more white than it is black too. And I've always kind of been in predominantly white spaces. So it's fine for me. It doesn't bother me, but I sometimes wonder if I'm the first for some of these men, like maybe the first black woman they've dated. Interesting. Okay. I don't, I don't ask the question because I don't really actually care. Again, people are going to be who they're going to be period. But I often wonder, but here in Austin, again, we have men that are in Peter Pan syndrome. I don't look my age, which gets really interesting on dating apps because men that are 35 look 35 and I don't. 
And so I tend to drop my age preferences down, but then you're dealing with like the young guys, but they're so hot. Oh my God. 29 year olds are literally the hottest thing. They're really hot. No, they are. It's because Seattle. It's the same. Yeah. You know, they're like still hitting the gym for some of them. And Austin, it is unique because we have so much tech here. So there are a lot of young, successful tech guys or entrepreneurs. It's a very interesting space to be. So, you know, the older men that I will entertain usually are more the ones that kind of wanting to settle down and do that, but I'm just not attracted to that. And again, that could, that could just be in the energy that I am of being a 38 year woman. I don't want to have kids. I very much am this. Why should I ever limit myself? I, I legitimately would love to find someone that I can be really quote obsessed with them and like, Oh, like have all that like new relationship feels with them. And then by month six, be like, okay, I'm ready to go on dating apps. Not because I want to hook up with anyone. I just enjoy being in the presence of different men. (laughs) Yes. No, dating is, I, I honestly agree. Dating is very fun. Yeah. Like I love that you like just, you're just speaking this uh, dream scenario loud because who knows, maybe that'll make it come to you. It'll make it real. So are there any Austin dating stereotypes that we should be aware of. Like in Seattle, it's pretty typical that like men and women, but more men, it's like everyone has an outdoor activity. Like it's like mountaineering, mountain biking, hiking, surfing, skiing. There's always something and it's like very techie. Yeah. There are a lot of stereotypes. So are there, it's like, there anything you see on the apps, like over and over where it's like, Oh, this is so Austin. Yeah. So it's interesting. The longer you're on apps, the more that you can start to look at people and almost tell what part of Austin they live in. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so real. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes when you're coming on the more like Patriot, like they got guns and rifles and the fish in their pictures. I'm like, yeah, no, that is a no for me. You're a little too country boy. That's not my style. But Austin really is a huge melting pot of people too. So you also will have those bros that are like the gym bros because this is a fit, healthy, active city. There are going to be the guys on the apps that are always like the real spiritual doing the yoga meditation. This is like literally their entire personality on their bios. And I always swipe left on those. I'm very spiritual, <laughs> but it's, that's like too extra for me. I, okay. I kind of know you mean like, I never really liked dating entrepreneurs. Like I'm an entrepreneur. Like I want to be the entrepreneur in the relationship. Oh no. See, I love it. I would love to meet a man that's like, let's freaking change the world blaze together. And that's Aww. so on hinge. I have, I have a video of myself on here and it's like, can we talk about, and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm showing off my Lego sets. So oh, this, yes. is a, this is an interesting thing. I believe in doing things that are outside of the box. I've gone through periods of where I'm not drinking or just want to vibe with someone on a different level. And I had a friend, her and her fiance were building Lego sets all the time. And I was like, this is so cool. I went on a date with a guy. And we hit it off, wanted to see each other again, saw each other again. And on the third date, he's like, hey, why don't you just like come over? Let's just have a chill night, whatever. I'm fine with that. And I said, hey, I have this weird question. Would you build a Lego set with me? And we did. What guy wouldn't want to do that? Like, I can't think of one man in their 30s. They're like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this woman is literally like a gift from heaven, right? Like she wants to do big kid shit. And it was the most fun thing. And, and what it gave me the opportunity to do was even though there was still wine involved, it gave me the opportunity to see somebody's problem solving, how they approach stuff, how their mind ticked. This and it genius. was, 
it was freaking hot. And so now I have this joke where I do, I have a Lego boyfriend and Legos are not cheap by any means. Like <laughs> they're like, they're, they're 50 to over 130, $40 a set, but it's very special. If I invite you to come play Lego with me, I like you. Whoa. That's awesome. Okay. That is so, so cool. I love so that I have, idea. Okay. So you have a video. What is showing video off the Legos? Okay. Showcasing my Lego sets. And then what it says, I'm looking for an ambitious partner in crime that wants to change the world and open to an expansive, deep and playful connection. Finger cross emoji. You're fit, funny, nerdy, and a great communicator. X emoji. Don't have kids slash young children. Bonus points for tattoos. So I'm really calling out. Can I make it just one critique? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I love that you are saying what you want and be very clear. Secondly, uh-huh. kids slash young children. Is that redundant? Oh, that is kind of redundant. Yeah. I feel I, like I, maybe yeah. children probably. <laughs> yeah. Don't have kids. I think what it, like where my mind goes is like, if your kid is 25. Oh, okay. That's fine. Got you it. Know what I mean? But no, I, that might be confusing to people. And then, you know, Hinge gives you that opportunity to say what you're looking for. And I say, looking for someone with their shit together that values consistency and communication and also likes to be an absolute delinquent on occasion because I like that's to go adorable. out and have fun. I love that. That is so, that's so spicy. It's like, it's so spicy. playful. Yeah. I it's love like, it. It's yeah. like playful. And then we're the same type of weird. If you don't have slash want slash never been married with the kids thing, I, I reiterated again, order dominoes on occasion Again, reiterating that I want you to be someone that has their shit together and responsible and then that you love EDM shows, self-development, exploring with certain emojis, because I'm basically calling out people that are into psychedelics, into different altering kind of experiences, and you love to travel. So it's very explicit. I feel like I like that because there's just so much there to go off of. There is so much that I could start a conversation on if I wanted to talk to you. And so, so immediately, and that's such a good point too, ladies, is give these men, we're complaining that they're like, everyone, everyone, how was your weekend? And you, I'm like, well, what are you giving them to ask you a question about? So men will comment like, oh, what kind of dominoes do you like? Should we do dominoes for a first date? And I'm like, no, but that's funny. And so it just give, give them something to open up about. And I think that that's where we go wrong. And it goes back to what you're saying in the beginning of like, you have to be your full self from the beginning because that also is your best self, your most interesting self, your most captivating self is just being you and what you're into. Like, don't, don't water yourself down and don't try to be what you think they're going to swipe right on. Exactly. You will be a magnet. Like the more you're yourself, the more magnetic you are. So yes. And if you're one of those ladies that's convinced yourself that you're not pretty and that you're not a magnet, you're not confident, yada, yada, yada. You don't have anything interesting about you. Go ask your best friend, something that's interesting about you or your mom or your coworker. And they're gonna be like, Oh, you do this quirky little thing and go put that in your bio. Also what they admire about you, I think would be a good one to mm, get good. a little, get a little boost in there, you know, a little, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. a little ego boost while you're at it. Well, I mean that let's be for real. That's kind of also a byproduct of the apps. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Look, but it also can, it can go both ways, right? A lot of people struggle and it could, if you don't get matches, I understand it can be a grind, mm-hmm. but luckily like you can take a break. Well, um, I have 4,000 matches in my tender. 4,000. Oh yeah, my God. Is, I had, I think I had crazy. over like 300 between all the apps at some point, but that is crazy. Well, it's also, I use my tender in a very strategic marketing way. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Marketing for, for what? 
for, you know, spicy content. So. Ooh. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this is, again, we haven't talked about this at all, but I, I saw that you talk about casual sex a lot in your podcast and it's not something, I mean, I could definitely talk a lot about it, uh, but I feel like I'm not in it right now. So it's not something like why. Okay. So I wouldn't know how to do this necessarily, but when would you bring up kinks in a casual sex situation? Get on field. You can put it right in your bio and people. Wow. Okay. That's perfect. Okay. What if you meet someone at the gym and you're not on fields? If you're not. And you know, it's on, you know, like, okay, like this is going to lead to casual sex, but you have some kinks. So I believe that that just comes about what is it that you're looking for? And then if we've established that I'm looking for friend with benefits, casual sex situation, I believe that before we are sleeping with people, one of the most empowering things we can do is to discuss our needs, desires, our wants, and quote our kinks. Perfect. I also, I think that conversation is so fun and so mm-hmm. hot. It could mm-hmm. be really just a delicious conversation to have, even if it doesn't go anywhere. Like, yes, practice, just do yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you'll be aligned, but just let, just, yeah. It's so fun to like get that vulnerable and just kind of get naked before you get naked. Absolutely. And stop, stop judging yourself for what you desire. If you desire to be freaking thrown around the room, there's a man that will want to do that with you, but you have to communicate. Totally. Oh my gosh. Wow. You've been, this has been so amazing. I would, I feel like I could talk to you forever. There's so many things you said that I want to pick apart. Like I want to get into more, not pick apart. There's so many things you said that I want to get into more and maybe you'll come back if you want. Sure. I would love to. Thank <laughs> I'm going to, ch- I'm going to chase you a little bit. I'm going to come after you. <laughs> you got to let me, you got to play hard to get. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have you on the podcast too. Maybe we'll just talk about dating apps, breaking down the apps and your experience. That'd be so much fun. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I guess if I was going to come on, I could talk more about like dating for a relationship, right? That's like more of my vibe, yeah, but um, I'm not there right now. <laughs> okay. So Yolanda, this has been fantastic. Uh, everything you said is so valuable, so positive, And I just, there are so many good nuggets in here. So thank you for sharing all of this with me. Where again, can people find you? Well, first, thank you so much for having me, Talia. And I want to give a shout out to one of my followers, Erica who is essentially the reason why we connected. She said, she sent me something the day that you were looking for people for your podcast. And she said, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for you. And at the time, I think I had even the day or two before had said, I really want to be speaking or having opportunities and collaborations. You know, what I think happened was I see a tarot card reader once a month and she said, oh, you're coming into so many different collaborations. And then literally like here was this opportunity. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here and talk about the conscious hoe. And I love what I know from you is that you come from such a non-judgmental and open space. So I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation. And for the listeners, come hang out with me. Come be one of my besties over at underscore Yolanda Russell on Instagram. And then from there, can you get to all my other links? My TikTok is the conscious hoe. The podcast is the conscious hoe. And I do have a, the conscious hoe on Instagram, but I mostly just post for my personal. Love it. And your stuff is amazing. I love your videos, your pictures. So spicy. Thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I learned so much talking to Yolanda and I hope you did too. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to find a Lego set for GB and I to build ASAP. I love how self-assured Yolanda is. She shows up as herself. She's unapologetic. She's authentic. And she's not worried about scaring anyone away. 
She truly owns who she is, and I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. So I hope you find her on Instagram and connect with her. She is a well of information and just will inspire you to be more self-confident. By the way, if you are actively dating and want to apply to be on the podcast, head over to Instagram, find me at dating.intentionally and click on the bio link. There is an application form in there. Now for your little update. So at this point, GB, who is my boyfriend, if you're new, that is his code name, Greenbubble GB. We've been dating for over, over seven months. And I have to tell you, one of my biggest pet peeves in early relationships is dealing with money. So there comes a point in dating where you've been going out for a while, like a couple months, and things are more equal. Like the person you're with isn't maybe isn't paying for as much if you're a woman dating a man and they're paying for stuff. You know, it's going to be a little bit more equal or equitable, basically proportional based on your incomes. I tend to make the same amount, if not more than the people I date, thanks to being a business owner. So I like or expect you know, the things are more 50-50 in terms of money in my relationships for now. And there's nothing that bugs me more than having to Venmo each other back and forth, keep track of who pays for what, and making sure it's somewhat kind of even and all that. It's really annoying. I know you can use apps like Splitwise and there's other stuff out there to, to help manage this. It's just like, I don't want to be in my phone, like calculating every expense and plugging it all in and all that stuff. I just want to not think about it. So I told GB that I want to get a joint debit card together so we can just put all of our random breakfasts and activities, travel, gas, lodging on the card so we don't have to worry about who's paying for what all the time. I did this in my last relationship and it worked really well. It was one of the things that actually worked so well. We loved it. And I know that it's going to work really well with GB too. So here's how to do it because I get to ask about this a lot. You can open a joint debit card even if you're not married. Uh, when my ex and I did it, I think he had to say we were engaged and that was fine. No one checked or anything. GB and I might have to go open the debit card account in person depending on what bank we go with or we can maybe do it online with another bank. We'll see. So once the card's open, you get to decide how much you want to contribute every month. I recommend going back and looking and you know seeing how much you actually spend on your activities with your partner every month or every week. What are these like random little coffees and dinners and, you know, the random slice of pizza or the movie tickets? Like how, how much does it cost to date each other? Figure that out. My ex and I did $150 a month, uh, but fortunately, GV and I do way more fun stuff together, which is my preferred situation. So we're going to put around $300 a month each on this card. We think we have to dig into it a little more. It's probably more than we need, but that's a good thing. A little extra cash will start to pile up every month and we can use it for whatever we want to do together. It's like finding, you know, an extra 20 bucks in your couch. It's just, you kind of put it in the card and, you know, you, it collects over time a little bit and then you have some money to send. We are never going to put a ton in there. It's a debit card, not a high yield savings account, but still it's nice to find maybe at the end of the year, we have like an extra $600 to do something with. And if we did end the relationship, we would just split whatever is left over because we're contributing equally. And even if we didn't, like let's just say we chose to do 60-30 or something like that, it wouldn't be that hard to figure out how much was contributed and how much to split if we had to break up. Of course, GB will still pay for dinner sometimes and I'll pay for stuff too. But we spend a lot of time together on weekends and this is for stuff like coffee and bagels, random dinners, and then travel costs like splitting gas or hotels. You know, movie tickets and stuff like that would go on the card as well. 
I can't recommend this system enough if you're like me and can't stand passing back the same $100 on Venmo for months. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm recording a lot of episodes this week because I'm heading to Japan in a week from today when this comes out. It's so wild. And no, it's not with GB. It is with my best friend, Rachel. She's never been, and this is my second time going to Japan. We are going to have a blast. Before I sign off, quick reminder, you're doing great. Thanks for listening to Dating Intentionally. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. I'll catch you next time. Bye.